0: Coming up on the unusual podcast Road signs that lie. I argue with a tom
1: tom. Non pizza, left beef. Is it none or none? Not none. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Unusable Podcast, where we discuss the importance of user experience in technology and the world around us. And we talk about great design that just works or moan about it when it doesn't. Hello, Andy. Hi, David. Hi. Back for another episode. Yep, yep, yep. Hey, we've had good feedback, actually. Have we? Should we talk about the feedback now? Well, I thought we'd need to talk about it later. Okay, we'll talk about it later. (laughs) Uh,
0: Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, so I am Andrew Waite, and I am a product owner of a SaaS product in Derby. And I am David Paul. I am a web developer, and I live in Derbyshire. That's interesting, by the way. Just picking up on something. I usually go by where I work, Okay. and you you like to announce where you live. Well, I work,
1: like, just a few metres away from (laughs) you. Are you
0: hoping for home visitors? (laughs) (laughs) So I've got a bit of a gripe this week which i think has somewhat inspired the topic okay which is that we recently did a, a road trip to folks then in kent to <laughs> pick up a car of all things because you know you do that's about i think it's about three and a half hours drive including around the m25 which is the orbital road of london that's too far any, to buy something it was a deal i couldn't refuse
1: but yeah true i don't know what if you got there and you didn't like
0: it i think you'd have to buy it well that's the risk but this is this is a total aside anyway On that journey, that long journey, I think... I should have counted, I didn't. But I think there were at least five or six instances where the electronic motorway signs uh, had a message showing... Right. ...and a temporary speed limit or something like that, but there was no actual hazard and the whole thing was pointless. And actually, I would say at least twice that was, I believe, dangerous that those signs were were giving misleading information.
1: Okay, so hold on. (coughs) Explain what's going on. You're driving along and... It's telling you to go a certain speed. So the
0: so the overhead sign says something like so the national speed limit is seventy miles an hour in the UK. So that's yeah, because you're on the motorway, yeah, yeah. And it will say fifty obstruction in road. Okay. okay, and, and this you, is a,
1: d- a digital temporary sign that's not yeah. always there.
0: Yeah, so you think, oh, God, right, i better slow down Slow down a bit. There's an obstruction in the road. Don't know if this, this is a motorway I don't regular tra- regularly travel on, so maybe the speed cameras. Better slow down to 50, okay? Okay. And maybe this is just me because some other drivers must know about some sort of secret that it's it's a lie because there's plenty of other drivers just zooming on past it uh, continuing to go 70.
1: Right, okay, so they're completely ignoring what the, what the sign's saying.
0: Yeah, and then there was one particular one that was quite horrible it it reduced the speed to 50 and then it said lane closed move over now it literally said lane lane closed move over now so I'm I'm doing 50 and everybody else seems to, for some reason, like, I don't know, not take any care of it. And it's telling me to move over. So I'm moving over into the second lane. Yeah. And there's other traffic doing 70 and seemingly getting angry with me because I'm doing what the sign says and going 50 in the middle lane. But the most annoying thing is there was nothing there. There was no reason to to reduce speed. There was
1: no reason to move over into lane two. The lane wasn't closed. There was no obstruction. So are you saying everyone else just ignored it? And is that what you're supposed to do?
0: That's how everyone was behaving. So I don't know. Am I I in the wrong for obeying the sign? I don't know. It must have been five or six instances of temporary signage. So either lane closed or obstruction in the road or something like that and a reduced speed limit. Okay. And all of those times, there was no actual need for it. It
1: was completely unnecessary signage. There was no,
0: yeah, there was no incident any any time that this happened on the return journey. So I stopped believing it. I And and, and also, I felt actually it was quite dangerous doing 50 in the middle lane with other traffic doing, still carrying on doing 70, 80 miles an hour. You know, I, I thought, well, what's the balance? You know, do I obey the rules and... and and hopefully not get a ticket or do I break the rules and I I feel that's probably safer given the speed of other traffic around me.
1: Yeah, I've always felt that it it feels safer to do the same speed as everyone else. Oh, this is a difficult one because if we had someone from like the traffic police here right now, they would say, oh yes, you should definitely follow the signs because that's what they're there for. they keep us all safe.
0: But it still felt dangerous driving along in a lane where traffic, you could just look in your rear view mirror is going 70, 80 still. But there were even people that decided it was appropriate to undertake me and go in the first lane which they've just presumably driven past the sign that says lane closed to do not go in this lane
1: so they're probably thinking oh it's just one of those guys who's slowly in the middle lane I didn't want to be that. Because people do get annoyed about that. People going slowly in the middle lane. But you're doing that because you've, you've been told to. Yeah. You've been told that the left-hand... But the weirdest thing is, it seems closed. to be like a public...
0: Like, like, I'm the only one that's been told that the lane's closed and it's 50 because I'm the only one... You know, I, I couldn't see anyone else doing following the signs. It was just me. So how do they know it's not... Yeah, they must have seen true. it before.
1: They must know it's some sort of trick. It does make me wonder.
0: Yeah. You know, have, have any accidents been
1: caused by the signs being wrong? I've noticed sometimes where the sign has been counterproductive. How do you mean? Coming home from work last week. So I was I was going ahead and I was approaching a roundabout, or as we say in the Midlands, an island. And so I was going to this roundabout. <laughs> Is that Midlands? I, I, it's only people I know from the Midlands who call it a, an island. I don't know. So <coughs> I was going straight over. And there's a sign just before the roundabout saying, road ahead closed. And I was like, oh no, how am I going to get home? I need to go straight straight on. And if the road ahead is closed, that's going to cause me some real problems. But actually, what it means when it got to the roundabout is that the road on the left was closed. <laughs> so really, it wasn't ahead for me. It might have been ahead for someone else, but it wasn't ahead for me. And, yeah, I was thinking about trying to turn turn rounds, turn, go take another exit, things like that, and I was probably just going to ruin my whole evening trying to get through. I, I assume the Dalvership. point
0: of that, though, is it was closed at the roundabout, so they were trying to warn you in advance, which is a noble intention. They were trying to warn you in advance that one of the exits from the
1: roundabout is closed.
0: Yeah. What would be more sensible is a sign that said, first exit closed. That would be more
1: useful, yeah. Maybe they didn't have signs. Maybe there are no signs saying those things. There's only limited signs that you can... Make Have, some. Make some. That'd be nice. So there was another time where I was going to work and there was a diversion sign. But where was the road that's closed? Does the diversion apply to me? Is the road somewhere on my route or is it going to be on another route? How does that sign know where I'm going? But how would you convey that much information?
0: Because that's obviously the problem with road signs. Is you've got to try and convey information to someone zooming past very quickly.
1: True. That's an interesting <coughs> point. But <coughs> still... A sign saying diversion might be more misleading than it is useful because I might not have been going where the sign was telling me about. In which case I'm just all confused now. And now thinking, do I have to go? I, I would
0: ignore it until unless I came across something that said you should follow this diversion, I would ignore it. Well and I'd go that, where I want to go.
1: Well surely that proves that how pointless it is. Well, at the end of the story it didn't apply to me, so <laughs> <laughs> So I just carried on to work and it was fine. So everything was all alright. right. Wow. But there was one time uh, I was in this big long queue for ages in a place where there's not normally a queue. It was up at uh, traffic lights and traffic was queuing. I had to go left. But it took me maybe like 40 minutes to get to the point where I could go left. It was only really close to the turn where there was a sign saying access to... I can't think what it was. Someplace closed. But the thing is, I'd already been in the queue for 40 minutes until I got to that sign. So queuing for 40 minutes was completely pointless and unnecessary. And nobody told me, and all the other people that were trying to get down there as well, nobody told us that we couldn't get that way. So surely there must be some way to tell people that they can't go. Yes, there is. A diversion sign. No. Oh. Google Maps. It hadn't updated. Oh, really? I use Google Maps a lot. In fact, I use <clears throat> Google Maps almost, almost every day on the way to work um, because it's dead easy. I just like put my phone in its little holder thing and then say, say, hey, Google, navigate to work. Then it goes, okay, navigating, and it sort of comes up with the maps, and it, it takes a, f- a few seconds. But then it, it does that, and it shows me the route. And because it, obviously it's connected to the internet, it knows the traffic. And so yeah. after maybe uh, 30 seconds, it might then go, oh, actually, there's another uh, route to go on, so take this one instead. And that usually is really good, except for times when there's a road closure but google maps doesn't know about it there was one time i was driving
0: oh it's really quiet down there that's the best way to go
1: exactly what happened yeah (laughs)
0: That's why a lot of people use Waze, though, isn't it? Have you seen that? I've not seen it. I've not used it. So Waze is owned by Google. I think their data feeds into Google Maps that makes it better. But Waze is a sat-nav app where the users can report a problem as they're driving along. So, for example, you, being the first person to go down there, would be scuppered. You'd be, you know, in your 40-minute queue or going to the bridge that's been knocked down. You would, unfortunately, be scuppered. But you would be able to press a quick button on the the app to say it's blocked. Yeah. You turn around and then everybody else behind you... doesn't have the same problem so um,
1: uh, that's quite good yeah because you can't report these things in google maps it's actually really difficult talking about road signs mm-hmm. just another funny
0: example in fact you were with me in nottingham a well, little day trip yeah well it was an evening event Wasn't <laughs> little it? evening we trip went to see the league of gentlemen on stage which is kind of irrelevant but good show anyway anyway when we were going there there was a temporary uh, some kind of temporary roadworks, road closure something like that in nottingham and the road had a temporary sign Indicating which lane went which direction So each lane, you know, this one goes left Goes to this town centre Maybe the right one goes off to a suburb Etc The wording on the sign said Stay in lane now It didn't say get in lane now It said stay in lane now What if you're in the wrong lane? Well that's what I'm wondering Because there's no other sign to tell you You know, these, are, this this is the lane you need to get in It was literally Right, this is where these lanes are going Stay in the one you're in And I'm like But I don't want to go in the, go where the one that I'm in goes <laughs> Can I disobey the sign? Are you allowed
1: to disobey signs? In that case, I thought it was so stupid that I did. I mean, are we being too anal and strict about it by saying... Well, no, because if there's a sign saying 50 speed limit, you can't go above 50 speed limit. That is the So if it says stay rule. in lane, you should stay in the lane. Yeah, but if it also said drive off a cliff, you wouldn't do that. True. I have a problem with the legitimacy of signs. If you see a a road sign with the speed limit on, obviously that's legitimate. That has been created for the purpose of telling us what to do. But I saw some the other day, and it was a a, a roadworks, and the signs that had been put up didn't look right. The font was a bit off. The the round circle around the edge was a little bit thinner than normal, and I thought, this has just been made by somebody else. (laughs) So someone's making their own signs if someone's making their own signs, are we supposed to obey it?
0: Somebody actually did that, didn't they They had a you know a, on a motorway you get the signs that say this exit is for Leicester, Nottingham, whatever the different places that it goes to. And they had a a consistent problem that people kept missing their little village or whatever because it wasn't on the sign or it wasn't well marked on the sign. Yeah. So they took it upon themselves to have a vigilante, to do a vigilante effort and they made their own sign. They climbed up on the motorway gantry. They replaced the sign with their own sign and it stayed there for years unnoticed and solved the problem. It so, there years, years And then the council eventually found it and replaced it, and they replaced it like for like, so they actually kept the change that had been made. Yeah. Um, and I think they came out and condemned the vigilantism because obviously... Yeah,
1: because he's not authorised to do that. And if he was if he was trying to fit it and it actually dropped exactly, onto yeah. a car, then somebody could have died, it could have been horrible, he wasn't following safety protocols and whatever. Yeah, what I like about that story, though, is that he, he really thought about it and he made sure that the sign was weathered so that it didn't stand out as like a nice, bright, shiny new sign. So you read it? Yeah, yeah. So he, he made sure that it was all weathered and, uh, and oh, it looked like it That's funny. Yeah, so he made sure there's a little bit of rust on there and whatever. But why not? Why not? Uh, oh, I think it's a great idea. But you can't... Well, how do we know what's real? If someone did put a fake road sign up, then how are we supposed to know to follow it? You've already t- told us a story about how signs told you something that wasn't true fake news it's just fake news <laughs> i've got a, a very minor story about signage at work we've got a uh, we've got two bins in the kitchen and one of them says recycle only and so for ages i was putting only recyclable stuff in the recycle bin and then uh, i noticed by looking inside some things in there were definitely not recyclable And I asked someone one day, and they said, oh, no, we don't use it for... It's just a normal bin. But yet it still has a sign on saying recycle only. Which means that if that's not true, what else is not true? The world is a lie. Exactly. How am I supposed to believe anything? How am I supposed to know if a sign says that, that the next sign I see is to be believed as well. So like after my journey where I'm seeing diversion that doesn't possibly exist, the next thing I might see is, you know, you drive up the A38, same as me. It's said for ages, it's had those red triangle signs saying flood, right? It's had this for maybe two years. (laughs) Signs warning us of a flood. Have you ever seen a flood there? No. Never. How would it even flood? It's like like on a hill going up. (laughs) It's not going to flood. (laughs) So if I see that as well, I'm already thinking, well, all of the signs that I see must just be some sort of unfunny practical joke, which means that they're all crying wolf. And the next sign that I see might be something completely useful and legitimate, but I might just ignore it because all the others are nonsense.
0: Well, I think that's the risk for me with the, especially with the temporary motorway signs, because I I think those ones, I just don't believe them and I wonder if that's why other people have just completely ignored them as well Something that I wanted to talk about and it's something that I tried to research before the podcast But I couldn't find anything about so I just kind of thought it'd be interesting to talk about is American signs feature a lot a lot more by the way of text wording British signs I think are more symbol based okay what I've seen so when I drove in America There would be a sign saying slow or things like right turn on red or no right turn on red. Whereas in the UK, those things are predominantly like no left turn and things like that are are symbols, aren't
1: they? Yeah, so it'll be an arrow with a cross through it.
0: Exactly. So I'm not sure what the right answer is, but which,
1: which of those approaches is better? I would say if you've got an icon, an arrow pointing one direction with a cross through it... That's very clear to everyone, not just English language speakers as well. Because think about the amount of visitors that we might get to this country. Just people on holiday from another country might not speak English. That sign's useful for them. But there are quite a few symbols in the UK that,
0: yeah, unless you were told, wouldn't necessarily be obvious. Have you got examples? The Examples? Well, there's a picture of a... Uh, so a triangular sign with a picture of a tank in it. I <laughs> suppose you could
1: guess that. Come on. You can guess a <coughs> warning triangle. I think everyone it's a fairly universal thing. I'm right. not sure if it's universal, but triangle usually means danger. At least it does in What about the UK and Europe? The classic picture of a car with an explosion above it <laughs> in a circle.
0: What does that mean?
1: Uh, no exploding cars? Your car might explode?
0: It means if you're carrying explosives, you can't drive down there.
1: Who's carrying <laughs> explosives?
0: <laughs> that for that's very niche also surely that should be like a designated designated explosives vehicle not what looks like a, a morris minor
1: in that picture <laughs> that was probably just the average car when the, those signs
0: were made though maybe okay so one that you might not know about unless you were told the no overtaking sign it's two silhouettes of cars next to each other one red one black oh and that means no overtaking so you learn about that when you do your, dri- do your driving test
1: yeah of course but, yeah would I know what that was if I hadn't learned it? Well, usually no is symbolised
0: by a cross-through, isn't it? In road, in road signs, anything in a red circle means prohibited.
1: Really? Mm. Okay, Triangle okay. means
0: warning, circle means prohibited. So if you see a picture of a car in a circle, it doesn't have to have a line through it. It just means no cars allowed.
1: I just think that things with a cross-through means no. You know, like the Ghostbusters logo... As a cross-through a ghost, which means no ghost. I would have thought that's the same thing on a on a road sign. Do you know what? I would agree
0: with you, and it, it's actually slightly inconsistent.
1: Yeah, that's annoying. No
0: U-turns, no left turn and no right turn all have a cross through them. That's why we need consistency. But no horses, no horse riding doesn't have a cross-through it. Mm. No yeah. pedestrians doesn't have a cross-through it.
1: Okay, I've got an article here, which is young drivers understand emoji road signs better. So a study was done yeah. with young people, I think young people who are drivers, and they they showed them some signs, asked them if they knew what the real one was a sign for, and then they showed them some some fake signs, but using emojis. So we all know what emojis are, just a little a symbol of something. And what they found were these,
0: were these emojis that they'd made up. Like, so they had they drawn road signs in an emoji style, or had they literally recreated a road sign with existing emojis?
1: There is it's a mix. I'll show you. I'll show you in a bit, and I'll tweet this on our Twitter, which is at unusable podcast. But yeah, pretty much they're they they're made up, but using emojis. And what they found when they asked, it's only a small number of people to be honest. So it's not a study that you can really take too seriously. But what they found out was that 61% of 17 to 25-year-old motorists show they understood the emoji road signs better than the real road signs.
0: Is this America or UK? UK. Okay. Is there evidence that we should maybe redo our road signs as a country?
1: Maybe. I'd be all for that. I
0: don't want to drive around on roads with emojis on signs. I think that would just be depressing.
1: But if they're clearer, then that's going to be better for everyone. Uh, Yeah, I'm
0: all for clarity and I think there's certainly some road signs in the UK that haven't been thought about enough.
1: So for some of the people that they asked, 68% were unable to correctly identify the real road sign depicting a pedestrian crossing. Now, what is that? That would just be a pedestrian crossing a road, right? Additionally, 80% could not place the sign for no vehicles. Which I think is confusing is, and inconsistent. That's, that's
0: actually the one, though, isn't it? That looks like uh, evil Knievel doing a stunt. Because <laughs> <laughs> the bike's literally it's flying. It's just in the air. It, yeah. <laughs> it looks like no, no stunt riding. <laughs> As part of reading about this, I was looking at the people that uh, originally designed a lot of the iconography and the fonts. I can't, I can't remember what their names are, but it was two people, wasn't it, who did the typeface? Um, see if I can find it now. Okay, so it was Jock Kinnear and his assistant and later business partner, Margaret Calvert, who did a lot of the iconography and the fonts that we are used in our signs. But do you, they're often held in quite high regard, so they're often talked about as the uh, I've, I've seen a lot, a lot of TV programs where they're help, you know, they talk about how they did a fantastic job of the design and they're still in use today and the font's really clear and all the decisions that they'd made as part of making the signing that they were tasked with. But do you ever think for, that for a moment at some point they might think, because clearly nothing's perfect do you think they ever think you know that, that sign could have been better and I wonder if someone's died from it and am I responsible
1: you know are they sat there thinking am I responsible for someone dying because I hope they don't feel bad about it but they might look at that evil evil sign and go I wish I'd done that a bit better <laughs>
0: So one of the things interesting that Jock Kinnear and Margaret Calvert did when they were doing the the typeface and the iconography they said that the words on signs should be mixed case i e they should start with a capital and then have lowercase letters, which right. might seem counterintuitive to start with because you think well block capitals they're much more recognizable sim simpler but actually they 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 found out that word it's easy to recognize the separate words when they're marked with a capital letter at the start
1: right okay
0: so the word boundary, as you're zooming down the road, a word boundary is easier to make out if each word starts with a capital. Oh. As opposed to, if you think about it, if all you had was capital letters and spaces, there's only the space that denotes that that's two words and not one.
1: I think you're right, actually. If everything was written in capitals, I would find it a lot more difficult to understand. And in fact, yeah, if anyone sends me a text message with all in them shouties... Yeah, all the shouty capitals, yeah. you do have to really look at it to figure out it where the word is. It is hard ends. to read, isn't it? It's harder to read. Which, so yeah, which yeah, sounds counterintuitive, in a way. So,
0: we've talked a lot about road signs. Yeah. Something we haven't talked about is signs in other parts of life. There's a, a quite cool Tom Scott video. So, Tom Scott's a YouTuber, if anyone doesn't know. Watch his stuff. Brilliant. Where he talks about the underground and how the underground signs often lie. London underground? Yes, sorry, the London underground signs often lie so they've obviously got to manage huge volumes of people at peak time so what they'll quite often do is route people round a longer way just to delay them. And if you know the shortcuts, you can just go through a different passageway that's marked exit or something and get where you want to go quicker. But the signs lie for the, well, for the good of the many, really, by taking you around the long way.
1: So it tells you something that's not true. So it says, well, e- it's exit not that it's this not way. True.
0: It's not that it's not true. It's just that it takes... It's not the most
1: direct way. So it's trying to split the traffic up for the purpose of not over Yeah, well, if, you,
0: if you keep people busy walking around a series of long tunnels going a long way around, those are people that aren't stood on the platform making it heave and dangerous for people for when the train comes
1: in. That's quite interesting. I don't know how I feel about that, though. I would hope that the sign saying way out would always tell me the most effective way to the way out.
0: No, I think the way out signs generally are reliable because... They just want to get you out. The, the, you know, if they get you out. Oh. You're on, I think it's when you when it's assigned for another platform, for another line.
2: Yeah, okay. that they
0: will potentially not tell you the most direct way to that platform.
1: I wonder if Google Maps does this for road navigation, or if Ooh. it has a responsibility to do this. Because Google Maps, when you're driving, the navigation is brilliant, and I, like I said, I use it all the time. But if everyone or The majority of people rely on it. Do they have a responsibility to not clog up roads? Because why I like it is it will tell me the most effective, efficient, fastest way to work. But if everyone knew that way, say the A38 dual carriageway is is all clogged up with with traffic, it'll tell me, oh, actually, go this other way instead. But if they told everyone to go that way than these back roads, they could quite easily clog up the back roads and cause a, a nuisance for everyone else. So do they... Do they have a responsibility to navigate you lots of different ways? Do they have a responsibility to keep the roads traffic-free? Well, I was
0: wondering if they bias it away from... For example, people's houses and, and sort of, um, heavily populated areas, you know, do they, do they try and keep traffic on the main roads? I do wonder. And there's a very specific reason that I've wondered this for quite a while. So I live next to a, quite a major junction between a motorway and a dual carriageway. And sounds lavish. <laughs> <laughs> All the sat-navs want to, to do is take me up to that main junction, um, which I assume is because it thinks it's a faster road, I don't know, and then to come back on myself into the housing estate where I live. But the fastest way is actually to, if you're driving up the dual carriageway, is to leave at the exit before and to drive through the housing estate. And my sat-nav, I've tried several of them, always want to go that same route. They want to take you up to the to the main roundabout and then double back on yourself and sort of, minimize the time in the housing estate but the route through the housing estate leaving by the previous junction is quicker and the time on the sat-nav the estimated time of arrival just drops as i take that route it'll say you know i'm 10 minutes away from my house as i leave the dual carriageway and it will still be telling me to turn around and go back on the dual carriageway and then as i drive down the through the housing estate it will just drop Drop, 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 and it only takes two minutes to go through that way. So, has someone programmed in a bias against driving through a housing estate because people in housing estates don't want the roads clogged up with motorway, main road traffic?
1: I don't think Google engineers are looking at the maps around your house and going, ooh. Let's not get the uh, cars to go down there. It's too nice. <laughs> no, it's not too. Think nice. of all the think of all the people in the houses that we really they'll really appreciate us not sending the cars down there. I don't think they're going to think that at all. So you think that Google wouldn't have any qualms about sending people down there if if it was quick? I think they are going to do the most efficient and effective thing to make people the happiest. And enjoy their phones that they have bought.
0: To, to be honest, Google is one of the ones that does sometimes suggest going that way. Oh, okay. But standalone sat navs never want to go down there, even if they know about traffic, and quite a few other apps that I've used don't don't want to
2: go down there.
1: Yeah, I think that's because Google actually has the data saying that people are going down there because they're spying on us. And it's faster. But TomTom is not not as clever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who has a TomTom these days? So speaking of Tom Toms, look what we've got here. This is this is your Tom
1: Tom from your car, is it? It is, yeah. This isn't. It looks quite a modern one, widescreen. It's not modern, big screen. It's it's quite a few Com- years old now compared to Saturns I've seen before. Yeah, well, I first got a satnav when they were very old and clunky. Um, so uh, so this, this one, this this isn't old and clunky. This is not old and clunky, but it's by far from like the latest you can get. Although I don't know how I don't know how good they are these days but this doesn't is Doesn't everybody just use their phone? Well, not everyone, no. Well, but this is the thing. My phone, the 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 free navigation that I get from Google Maps is so much better than this. And that's what I wanted to sort of illustrate. What it doesn't do very well is voice activation, right? So this is what I like to do. I like to put this on the on the dashboard and just sort of leave it there and not touch it. You're not really supposed to touch anything in the car. And so, not not the steering wheel. Well, <laughs> you know, nothing should distract you from driving. I know I'm, is what I, is what I'm, I mean. Yeah. Uh, and so, this comes with special ability to talk to it and navigate using your voice. So which it's is a to- it's a Tom Tom's like now. Yeah. That you can talk to. Yeah, I would okay. tell you what version it is, but I can't remember. So, how do we talk to it? Okay, well, there you go. You've been given this. You've got to figure it out now. So, okay. just sort of put it there.
0: Uh, search. Oh, voice control.
1: No, you're not supposed to be touching it. Okay. Talk
0: to it. Hey, Tom Tom. Tom Tom Tom? What's what's the activation phrase? I assume you have to know what the activation phrase is. I think it's okay, Tom Tom. Okay. Okay, Tom Tom. No. Oh, maybe it's not turned on. Well, oh, I've tapped on voice control.
2: I'm listening.
1: <laughs> oh, creepy. Is it not always listening? Now?
2: Sorry, I don't understand. Please say that again.
1: So I want you to ask it to navigate to somewhere like Denby. Okay, hold on. Oh, she's...
2: Sorry, I don't understand. You can say volume up. Go home, 2D view and many other commands. For a complete list, say all commands.
0: Navigate to Chesterfield.
2: Do you want to add a stop at home to your route?
0: <laughs> what? It sounds like want to stop at home. No.
2: I'm listening.
0: What? Creepy. Navigate to Chesterfield.
2: Sorry, I don't understand. Please say that again.
0: Navigate to Chesterfield.
2: Say the list number of a petrol station near you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? I don't want a petrol station. (laughs) Why? Why do I want to tell you about a petrol station? I'm listening. Navigate to Birmingham.
2: Do you want to go home?
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Navigate to Birmingham
2: Oh I think the list number of a car park near you (laughs) A car park What?
0: I think you have to do it as like as if you're programming a sat-nav in the old-fashioned way Hold on Go to an address
2: Say an address in United Kingdom
0: 42 Priestley Street Sheffield
2: Say the list number or none of these
1: She's got it, number one. So it was showing you a change list, then, was it? Number one, forty-two Priestler
2: Street, Sheffield. Is what? that correct?
0: Yes. It showed me a list of four options. The other three were just ludicrous. Okay. But, but the first option was the most accurate. Yeah. Uh, yes, please go start.
2: Forty-two Priestler Street, Sheffield. <laughs> to correct part of the address, say change house number, change street, or change city.
0: No. What? That's stupid. The... Sorry,
2: I don't understand.
0: Explain to me what's happening. It's got. It's given me the options to cancel, change the house number, change the street, change the city, or start again. But, but not, not just to go there. Oh, right. Oh, I just exited, exited it by accident.
1: So you haven't successfully managed to navigate anywhere?
0: No, I don't think I ever could. I think I'd just resort to t- touching the screen if it was me, to be honest.
1: Well, this is what's annoying about this, and what's so good about the... The modern, yeah, using your phone. Because I could say right now, without even having to touch my phone, navigate to anywhere. uh, Well, should should we test it with the same challenge? Hey, Google. Navigate to Chesterfield.
2: Okay, Chesterfield.
1: There we go. It's just showing the maps right now. So that was, just see how much easier that was. So what you had to do on the TomTom was go through a sort of menu. So you you were trying for a long time to say navigate to place, which is, the most sensible way of describing it, but it didn't understand the most sensible way. It wanted you to say it in the way that it knew, which was, what did it want first? Navigate well, to an address first.
0: Yeah, which I think is born out of. They've clearly just added voice commands onto the traditional menu system that a sat-nav has. Because on yeah. a traditional sat-nav, it would give you options like navigate to an address, navigate to a point of interest.
1: Those are the options that you'd have. So they've just taken those and made them voice commands. Which is... Fine, probably for the TomTom Tom engineers, but for an actual person who just wants to do something. Yeah, they haven't considered the usability. Really. Yeah, they haven't.
0: Bad usability stories. <laughs> um, my, my bad usability story this week is from going to KFC in the, well, what's now called the Into Centre in Derby.
1: It's irrelevant where it is, but you went to KFC. I was with you, I shared this delight.
0: Yeah, it was a delight. So I decided to place my order on a touchscreen.
1: I don't know what... I, am I a glutton for punishment? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There was a, a a person there, a human being, who was ready to take your order. Ready and willing. And you were like, no, no, I'm going to go and talk to the robot. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what you did. You just got to start pressing some
0: buttons. Because I knew it was going to be rubbish and I knew it was going to amuse me. So what I decided I wanted <laughs> was a fillet rice box meal, as it's known. Right, so,
1: that chicken and rice in a box. Yeah, yeah. I get that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just... Is it filled? Is set, it filled, is it filled with... Them? It's a it rice box. Did they fill it with rice in a box? Oh, that's terrible. It's chicken it. Oh, is it really? Oh, I just thought... <laughs> Do you actually I, think it was... <laughs> I wasn't even making a joke. I just thought it was <laughs> a, a fill-it rice box.
0: Oh. Terrible. Right. Get on with it. Yeah, so I chose... The option of a fillet rice box from the menu. Yeah. It said, "Would you like to make it a meal?" And it gave me a picture of each. So the picture of I could choose either just the fillet rice, uh, rice box, which was a box with some chicken in it. Hold
1: on a second. Explain the interface here. So you're standing in front of what looks like a giant portrait phone, a phone that's in portrait thing, and it's weird because you did look like a tiny little borrower type person Using who a was messing. Phone. Yeah, yeah, it was just messing around
0: with a massive phone. Okay, so, so there's a menu on the screen. Yeah. Some kind of, like, like not, not a, a user interface menu, but an actual physical food menu. Mm-hmm. And I chose Philly Rice Box. And mm-hmm. it then said, would you like to make it a meal? Okay. And there were two touch areas on the screen. Yeah. One which was represented by a picture of just the fillet rice box, which was just the fillet rice box. And another one which had a glass of Pepsi Max, the fillet rice box, and some corn. And it said, make it a meal. So that's what a meal is? Yeah.
1: Some corn.
0: You mean like corn on the cob? Yes.
1: Right, okay. Not just something it's... for milling and making some bread.
0: So, so I decided that I, I would like the corn on the cob. Yeah. That's exactly what I want in the picture.
1: Okay, so you clicked on the picture that was exactly what you wanted. Yes. Okay.
0: And then it asked me what I wanted to drink. Right. Which I said, seven up. Okay. Right, fine. And then that was the end of the options. But what it said is that my side order was fries. Oh. So at that point I was confused because... You clicked I... on the picture of corn. Well, I don't know whether it... I would get corn and fries or
1: was I supposed to get an option of corn or fries? I was a bit confused, to be honest. So on the screen right now then, on this this option, is just, a, what, a picture of some fries? If I, t-
0: I took a picture of it. I'll, I'll show you. Okay, well, we
1: so can tweet th- this later.
0: This, this is the actual thing that on the screen.
1: Okay, so that's showing you. It's kind of like... On an e-commerce website, which I suppose in, this really is, isn't it? It's just an e-commerce website. just happens to be next to a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, and so it's showing you the summary of what your order will be. So it says the meal on the left, which has a drink, the box itself, and some sweet corn, then some fries in the middle, and then a 7-up. Yeah, okay. Oh, but it's also okay. turned French. Oh, you, yeah.
0: I don't know if you're <laughs> going to mention that. For some reason at the bottom, <laughs> it says, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason it just turned French in the middle of the audio. I think process. this is just you you just you invite these things so, and it's just
1: so anyway different language
0: I wanted a rice box with some corn right
1: yeah by and the I... looks of it that's what you're going to get and some fries that might come separately well yeah. and a logo of a yeah. 7up which I assume represents some 7up it arrived, yeah,
0: and it was a rice box and some fries and some Seven Up. And I said, "Where's the corn?" And they said, "Oh, it comes
1: with fries, or, or do you want to swap it for corn?" And I was like, "Well," but the picture showed those things. Yeah, so I've so, seen the picture right there. In fact, so, you could have shown them that picture on your phone. I did. <laughs> I was like, "This is what I wanted." But the thing is, I took the picture because I was like, kind of a bit.
0: I'm. Sh- well, I could only. I don't go to Casey that often, but I vaguely remembered that it was corn beans. Fries, or I think there may be other options, but there's a few different ones you can have as a coleslaw, maybe as a side. So what did she say? I can't remember. It was just the actual the human server confusion. I think I think I don't think they couldn't understand what I was complaining about. I said, You know, I've, I've, I looked at the TV screen, and this picture is what I wanted, and yet I couldn't actually
1: order it. This is why some products they say things like "batteries not included" or things like that because you see them on the advert or on the the, the listing with all these things next to them. You might think that batteries are included or the. No, but in this case,
0: KFC World. The, the fillet rice box meal is the rice box aside, which they classify as fries, beans, corn, coleslaw, whatever. Yeah. And the drink. Yeah. Okay. They even show it pictured on the TV screen with corn.
1: Yeah. But don't give you any option to choose corn. It's oh! Just... Hold on. You're complaining about something that's completely different to what I thought you were complaining about. I thought you were saying that the picture is misleading because it includes some things that you don't get. But what you're saying is actually there was no option right at that time to even have no, It showed it, showed it showed the picture
0: of having a rice box with corn and I went, that's what I want. And then it just didn't let me choose. It just went, you're having fries with it.
1: Oh, so you were funneled through a process and you had to have what you were given.
0: Well, I didn't because I... Complained about it and they switched
1: it. Oh, oh! so what? You did get corn? I got corn, yeah. Oh, I thought the only reason but why... But I had to interact with a human. Why? why <laughs> the, the French could have gone TV to the human screen, in the first place. The
0: French TV screen would not <laughs> let me choose corn. Do you know the best touchscreen checkout process, I think, in a high street shop?
1: No, but you're going to tell me.
0: McDonald's.
1: Oh, They've got a lot of money. They can get it right there, can't they? I think they've done quite a good job, actually. But hang on, these are the same. It's it's the same process, isn't it? It's a touchscreen that you go and press the buttons on. I have no problem with the touchscreen to order my food. I have a problem when it
0: goes wrong, doesn't have the right options. It goes slowly. It doesn't give the user feedback when you've pressed a button. That's what I have a problem with. Yeah. I think that's actually why I like the old ones, because they register every touch or press, even if it needs to go and do some processing. So that's one of my main gripes with the self-checkouts in supermarkets. You press a button, and it's clearly going off to think about something, but it doesn't tell you on the user interface. You'd expect even... some kind of yeah, there's
1: no, swizzler or something. There's
0: no spinner, there's no user feedback, so you end up I end up just like going, well, did that work? I'll press it again. And then by the time it eventually catches up, it does like eight things in one. That's because you've pressed it a million times because you're impatient. It's not very well designed though. It should tell yeah. me it, as soon as you press it, the terminal should go, okay. I know it's going to take a second for me to go and process that, but let me just put a spinner up and grey everything out. Let's disable all the buttons. I agree. It is frustrating. It is frustrating. And the McDonald's ones are quite good at that. The McDonald's ones, I think, are very good at having quick feedback when you interact with them. One of the... The great thing, actually, about the McDonald's touchscreens is that for fussy eaters, I find that quite embarrassing to have to go and order something <laughs> and say, you know, can I have this, but without that or with this. And even, you know, sometimes I would prefer, I don't know, extra gherkins in a Big Mac or something. Yeah. But it's quite, you know, you think, oh, I'm not going to bother asking for that because it's just... Are you you're
1: embarrassed of your own order? Yeah, they'll just... You can have whatever awkward. you want.
0: Yeah, but the touchscreen's great because the McDonald's touchscreen accommodates all... The options
1: that you can have. All your awkwardness.
0: Yeah, so you could literally go onto the McDonald's touchscreen and you can say, "I want a Big Mac," and then you go and edit, and you can say, "I want you know an extra burger patty or extra bacon." I mean, some of the things are extra charged, but you say, "I don't want any onions or whatever." You can actually do very similar to that old meme of um, nun pizza with left beef. You can <laughs> you can order a Big Mac and say, "I don't want half the things in it," and just end up with a bun if you want, but. <laughs> That power means that you could be totally awkward with your order, but because it's a computer screen, you don't have the embarrassment.
1: Yeah, you're right. A human being still has to put it all together. Yeah,
0: but for them, they, they all they're doing is throwing together burgers as as it appears on a TV screen in front of them. Yeah, true. If it comes up on the TV screen and just says, make a Big Mac, but don't put the lettuce in it.
1: There's only so many options in there, really. And there's nothing you can do that's that ridiculous.
0: I don't know. I think we could try. I think we could go and try and just have just the bread.
1: Let's do it. It's going to be very expensive bread. <laughs> Oh, can we talk about the time that we that we did that on the uh, the Domino's website and yeah. ordered a pizza that so, was
0: just... <laughs> if anyone doesn't know about this, is a very famous internet <laughs> meme for someone that abused the pizza configurator. So the Domino's pizza configurator allows you to choose to add and remove toppings. And they chose a pizza with no sauce, no cheese, half and half. And on the
1: left half, no toppings. And on the right half, just beef is that right but this was a long time ago we're talking about something it was a website this was years and years ago yeah that somebody did this and i just remember that the form being just like barely styled web form and not really making any sense the usability of it was awful i'm not surprised more people didn't get these bizarre <laughs> pieces accident. just by accident yeah with no left beef or whatever it's called in fact that was one of the options why was the option left beef what does that even mean <laughs> because it was half one thing half another thing is that is that what was going on yeah it meant beef on the left half but there was no sauce and there was no cheese it was just yeah beef bits of beef rolling around we managed to order one didn't we anyway we did yeah Yeah. we did did. yeah that was that was so funny I recall yeah I regret not recording it properly because we were laughing for so long. What did, it was what the, did, most, what did the delivery guy say when it arrived? I can't remember. I think he just looks really sheepish. Like, he probably expected that we'd done this by mistake as he's handing over some very expensive bread. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what they'd managed to do, though, because if I remember right, did we have, did we have meat on it? I think it was just bread. It was just like we had left beef, but the beef was had nothing to stick it to it. No, it it just just pretty much rolled off. Yeah, it had. Yeah, it was all in
0: the box, just around the bread, (laughs) because it was like little beef nuggets, wasn't it? Like little. Yeah.
1: So they just rolled off and they were onto one side and sort of took down the corner. And what I thought was really funny is that someone's obviously had to make this thinking it was a serious order. And they were probably dead nervous about it as well. They probably thought, oh, something's gone wrong on the form and someone's going to ring up all angry and and not (laughs) not happy at all. Where's the rest of it? Yeah, they'll blame this on on the person who's made it rather than blame it on the website options and we were obviously we knew what we, we did were doing actually, being stupid it did actually say do you have any other requirements so we didn't we asked for a picture of a dinosaur on the box did we get one? no oh disappointing but what I thought was good that they had done is they, they put sort of like little sprinkles
0: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they obviously dust every pizza as it goes with some kind of like like garlic
1: the, is it garlic? basil leaves? parmesan I don't, maybe? something some just kind for of an sprink- extra little yeah extra little bit of taste they've done that with a dry <laughs> bread <laughs> yeah so it was dry
0: bread, bread, beef on half of it, which had mostly rolled off by this point,
1: and a sprinkling of... Uh... Seasoning. Seasoning, yeah. And this cost quite a lot of money. <laughs> because obviously they have like a base price, and I don't think they expect people to do stupid, as stupid as we did. Yeah. So yeah, I think we paid quite a lot of money just for the worst pizza I've ever had. It was worth it though, wasn't it? It was just for... It was it was funny. It did entertain me as my stomach rumbled. <laughs>
0: So on the last episode, we talked about measurements and the imperial system and how stupid it is, or, or is it? Does it make sense? And if you didn't listen to it, why
1: not go back? Episode three, available. Okay, so um, I, I have a bone to pick with you about this because I had some feedback from Zach, who listened to us talk about Imperial and Metric and which one was better and whatever. And he said, I've always been on the fence about Imperial versus Metric, but Andy's arguments have swayed me to favour Imperial, which is not what we wanted to happen. <laughs> I, I wanted to explain that Metric is so much more sensible and precise and we should live in a world of precision and it's brilliant. But Andy's talked up Imperial now, which which is just based on nonsense and it's vague. It's just completely made up by somebody once. It makes sense in everyday life. The imperial system makes sense. It doesn't make
0: sense. And I don't think it matters. I think people use whatever they feel comfortable with and make sense to other people around them, and it doesn't matter.
1: I think we should all have a shared metric that makes sense to us all and unites us all and brings the world all closer together through our shared knowledge of a sensible metric. You're not You're not
0: going to let me have this one, are you? <laughs> if, right, if you were doing a recipe in your kitchen... And you just, for some reason, you're halfway through and your scales break, okay? okay. Right. And you need... It, the recipe tells you you need 12 grams of sugar, right? Uh... How do you know how much that is? Uh... Okay. But the recipe tells you, same thing, but this time all your spoons have broken, right? Just right. Imagine, imagine this has happened. Right. Uh, but... Yuri Gell has been around and bent my spoons. He has, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it tells you you need a, t- a teaspoon of sugar. Yeah. You could, I'm pretty sure I could estimate a teaspoon of sugar.
1: Yeah, okay, you are right.
0: Without needing equipment, but I couldn't, I could not estimate grams of something.
1: Yeah. That's it. Damn point, it. point proven. Argument over. I've got a story that uh, Doug reminded me of. And so there was a. a Hi real. Doug. Okay, he doesn't listen. He's, he has enough of his just every day. <laughs> So NASA had a problem once. They they launched uh, something they called the Mars Climate Orbiter, and it was going to land on Mars, and it was going to be fantastic and stuff, but it was lost in space because of a problem between Imperial and Metric. So some of the calculations were done in Imperial. So NASA, as a forward-thinking organisation that it is, uses Metric, not any sort of old-fashioned made-up stuff, and... <laughs> <laughs> But one part of it, the calculations were done in some imperial, and I think it was to do with force. So NASA uses Newtons for force, mm. yeah. but these calculations were done in pounds per second. Okay, And a pound, obviously something made up a long time ago and means nothing, whereas Newton is a, a kilogram of force per second, I think. Uh, so anyway, because of these things that didn't make sense, the orbiter went completely out of control, They lost it, probably just burnt up in Mars's atmosphere, and a lot of money wasted. Do we we have any other comments and feedback? After our exciting tap chat... Tap chat? In the last episode, because we talked about... Not tap dancing, it's tap chat. We talked about taps. Zach has sent us in a picture of some taps, which he calls them Norman taps, after the Normandors. Okay. (laughs) And so I've got a picture here. Okay. So what they say, push, but actually, I'll describe hold them to them. you for the uh, for the sake of the podcast. So okay. there's a very shallow basin, and this okay. is obviously taps in. Um, I think it's in the shopping centre because I recognise the uh, the font. The tap has a sort of nozzle on it, and it's it's an automatic tap where you put you know it's sort of where you put your hand underneath. There's a centre, and the water comes down. Yeah, and, I'm with you. Yeah, but the thing is, you don't know where to put your hand. Obviously you know to put your hand underneath the spout but you can't see where the sensor is and there's nothing to really tell you that waving your hand under them is going to work. And there's an instruction on the uh, on the side which says go with the flow which is a weird sort of instruction but then it says very very small it says our super modern taps are automatic so no need to twist or touch them. But the thing is If you need a sign to tell someone how to turn a tap on. Well, exactly. So obviously they must have had people confused, or they must be expecting people to be confused. But you shouldn't need to explain to people how to use something as simple as a tap. Surely it should be obvious. And the whole point of having something sort of new and modern and better is that it is completely effortless. But you've made it more effort because someone doesn't understand and Zach sent me this, obviously, because he was a bit confused. Because the, the tray is quite shallow as well. You expect a sink to be fairly deep so that you could sort of, I don't So know. it doesn't much look like a sink. It doesn't look like a sink. It looks like a sort of a bar area that just has this weird looking tap on that sort of looks like it has the top thing that could be twisted, but obviously you're not using it. That's twist. So it's a very strange thing. I think with things like that, I think it can work, but you have to have it so that
0: it looks obvious that you're supposed to put your hands under it and the, the water just starts. Yeah, yeah. You you have to make that look obvious somehow. And I don't think it has... To, I mean, the easiest way to do that is to make it look like an actual sink rather than like a bar, like you should have yeah, a bench. Yeah. It sounds like they've not really thought about it.
1: I went to <clears> a place once, I think it was a nightclub ages ago, and the sinks were in the middle of the toilets, uh, like a circular thing. And I, 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 was, I saw people coming to, up to it, Using the sink, shaking their hands off and just just sort of leaving. Um, and I did the same. I was putting my hands underneath. I was thinking, oh, this must be automatic. It doesn't seem to be a problem for everyone else. They seem to understand what to do. Put my hand underneath. Nothing. Oh, maybe the sensor's broken. Move to the next one. Further along. Same thing. Nothing. Oh, I couldn't work out. So they can can't I, all be broken. Can I, can I make a guess of what it actually was? Foot pedal. It was a foot pedal. Yeah. How was I supposed to know? There was no sign. Well, well, hold, hold your on, you're right advocating
0: a sign. Now, a minute ago you were saying you shouldn't need a sign to operate a tap, and now you're saying, well, I, I needed a sign to know to press the foot pedal."
1: Well, I don't want a sign, and I don't want to need a sign. I just want the tap to work.
0: Yeah, in the way you'd expect.
1: In the way you'd expect, yeah. That reminds me of that classic
0: video of someone being interviewed at a festival. <laughs> Uh, do you know the one I mean? Maybe they come out of a cube, of a cubicle or a portalo or something, and they go over to this sort of sinky trough-looking thing and yeah, pick, pick up the up... soap bar that's there. Yeah, the uh, lovely-smelling soap bar, and give themselves, give them the hands a good wash. But it actually, to onlookers, is clear that it was a, a urinal with a urinal cake in just
1: it. Just picked up a little urinal cake and just rub that. Oh, oh. just rub it all over your arms. Oh, yeah. that has been stained with
0: oh, nasty stuff. Festival yeah. urine. If you've seen any terrible road signs or anything else in usability that you want to tell us about, then you can email us. It's podcast at the or you can send us a tweet on, on the Twitter and that's <laughs> at unusable podcast.
1: This has been the unusable podcast and it is now time to sign off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Classic.
1: <laughs> because of signs, because we talked about signs. Yeah, I know! Alright, good.